Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Remastered Podcast with your host, Wafat Monasra. Today's guest is Shaymat Kraba, and our topic will be sometimes less is more. Welcome, Shaymat. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Today we're going to be talking about how we've spent, uh, mashallah, an entire month of Ramadan at or near maximum capacity in terms of our productivity. Um, but often after Ramadan ends, we find ourselves unable to sustain the acts of worship or deeds that we have done. And there's wisdom in that, just as there's wisdom in slowing down and reassessing the priorities. Sometimes doing less can be more beneficial and increase productivity in the long run. With today's guest, uh, Shemek Kraba, she will be able to share um, some advice and, and um, thoughts on how to make best of our time post-Ramadan, inshallah. A little bit about Shema. She's an authorpreneur. Uh, first time we hear that phrase, um, authorpreneur. Uh, she, in 2014, she founded a publishing house called Bookmarked House, which later offered an in-house book coaching and storytelling academy. Her mission in life is to contribute to the da'wah through narratives and storytelling. She recently launched, launched a podcast series called Illogical Logic, where she sheds lights and dismantles limiting beliefs within the Muslim community, one episode at a time. She is currently in the final touches of putting together a free masterclass on her YouTube channel called Divine Design and Divine Design Dawa Edition. Jazakallah khair shayma, and thank you for being here with us today. Of course, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, if you could, uh, maybe we just dive into it. If you could share um, how, uh, or acknowledge how Ramadan is, a, we know it's a spiritual boot camp for all of us, um, mm -hmm. but we also realize it's not sustainable to continue with that lifestyle uh, post Ramadan. If you could speak a little bit to that. Yeah, absolutely. So first things first, I think like the way I like to look at it, I kind of have an electronics background. Sometimes when um, a phone or a computer doesn't work, you got to do a reboot, <laughs> you know, or power cycle it. And sometimes that should fix the issue. So the way I look at like, Ramadan is like, it's like you're power cycling. You know what I mean? You're just doing a system reboot. Sometimes you got to do a factory reset, you know, completely wipe everything and just kind of start from fresh. Um, I would say for myself, speaking from my own personal experience, I think going into Ramadan, I had all these like crazy big goals. You know, like Ramadan's going to be the, this is going to be my month. I'm going to be doing all these Quran reading. I'm going to do khatim, all these things. I had all these crazy master big goals right but the thing is I didn't even build the habits before Ramadan to, to just jump right into these massive big goals and I feel like it kind of just like I landed um on my head on that one you know and I feel like Ramadan taught me like the importance of just like something small but consistent and the beauty is that Ramadan is a month where everything is multiplied by 70 so even that small act is worth so much more and so not to belittle the little but you know and that Allah knows what your abilities are. Like, you know what I mean? Like he knows what your ability is. And I can't like compare my chapter like one to somebody else's chapter 20. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where they've been prepared for Ramadan, you know, like the Sahaba six months in advance, you know? So I think that's really important. And so to answer your question about how do we now just maintain that? Because it's really not sustainable. Like Ramadan, like Shaitan is locked up, you know? So if there's any less classes from yourself, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But a lot of it is just like Ramadan is basically a mirror for yourself to really know what you're working at. Um, the metaphor I'd like to use best for this is like, okay, so I have Invisalign. I just recently started it two weeks ago. And subhanAllah, like, got me thinking about something really powerful because they actually give you all your trades for the next 50 weeks. And it's so interesting. My first, the first thing I did 
when I looked at the, all the trays, I wanted to know when is my overbite, like, <laughs> bite, going to get removed. Like, what week is it going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm here going, like, tray after tray. I'm like, wait, how many months is this? Like, you know? Like, I was like, is this even worth it at one point? And even I got to the end, and it was like, that's like, near the end, the last few weeks of it is when, like, it kind of gets fixed, but it's still not perfect. And I remember telling that to the dentist, and I was like, what is this like this house can look in the end like no obviously it's still another six months after that but this is what it would look in the year's time you kind of have an idea of what you're and the thing about Invisalign is that it's such an incrementally small process but in a year and a half your smile is perfected okay so I'm like I look at postal Ramadan like that like these small little built habits like my, my idea was have a perfect smile right like no crooked teeth nothing like that that's my goal right but to get there is going to be a lot of work. You know what I mean? But it's small and like consistent. But the overall impact is, you know, like the end, you're going to have that smile that you're looking for. But it's interesting because before you can get Invisalign, they tell you, you got to check your teeth, make sure there's no cavities, you know, to your overall oral health, like that, because we can't start moving things around until we see if there's anything that's hidden that could, you know, potentially ruin things. And so I like to look at, I like to think of like Ramadan as, this is the month where you do the x-ray, you know, you look deep, see if there's any cavities that need to be filled. You know what I mean? Get your dental cleaning, make sure there's any hard plaques, anything like that gets removed. Just like you're looking at whatever. And subhanAllah, you have to understand like to get a cavity, that was from bad habits, right? That got built over time. A cavity doesn't happen overnight. Just as much, just, just as much as the bad habits was like incremental to build a cavity. It's just going to be just as much, you know, to, do the opposite for anything that's good, right? And so, um, subhanAllah, let's just think of Ramadan as the process before Invisalign. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the time where you're going to go digging deep. It's going to be painful. You might have to get some feelings. You might not be comfortable. And subhanAllah, I look at Invisalign as there's some people, they, were, they prefer braces. You could see they're getting the work done. So if you're doing small habits over the, like, after Ramadan incrementally, yours might not look visible to people. But to somebody else, you might like, oh, you know, like their braces, it looks obvious that they're getting work done, you know, like they're doing small incremental positive habits. And then you think like, maybe you're not doing as much, or maybe you're not being validated as much, but understanding that, you know, the process, you can feel the difference, you know, it's painful, but the results are at the end of the day in Allah's hands, right? Like at the end of the day, like you do the best that you can. And ultimately it is what it is. And, and subhanAllah, one, one other thing that I think is really important is to think of habits, like just as, dif- just as difficult and as consistent as it's the requirement is to change it. Something that really threw me off, like I thought once you're done, you're in this line, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. I said, I don't have to wear any of those things, right? No. The dead you is have a like, nightly no, retainer. Retainer. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck is a retainer? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you have to wear it basically forever, but like at nighttime. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And yeah. she explained to me the process because your teeth took so long to move out of the groove. There's still like, it needs time to heal it. But even then, like, if you don't retain the work that you've done and over I'll the go years, back to the bad habit. go back. Yeah. Go back to the bad habit. Yeah. I was like, dang, subhanAllah. So, you know, I would say we should look at ourselves and be like, what are going to be our Invisalign? What is going to be our thing or our braces that's going to keep us on lock and help yeah. us like, that's the thing that's going to be consistent. And subhanAllah, as you're, as you're, as you have Invisalign, 
subhanAllah, it's so annoying because you have to remove it every single time you eat. You got to floss every single time, brush your teeth every single time. Mm-hmm. I don't think this, I, I don't think I've ever- You have to know, brush like, the Invisalign. <laughs> yeah, even the Invisalign that you brush too, even the thing that's, it's crazy. Like I'm here thinking like, okay, like before I brush my teeth like twice a day, like any normal human, right? Um, but I'm here thinking like every single time, I'm a subhanAllah, like it just reminds me of like, as Muslims, you have to pray five times a day. And what's the whole point mm-hmm. is that between every prayer, whatever mistakes you did, your salah is going to be your reset, you know, to clean you out. Mm-hmm. So subhanAllah, like, we got to basically build habits just like salah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're consistent every single time. You need it. Otherwise, you miss a prayer, you miss anything, your your a cavity could happen. And, um, and I think something else I want to mention, too, is like a cavity could even be for something that you think is positive, like, like apple juice or orange juice, right? You think it's healthy, right? But Sometimes we think like, oh, it's not that serious. It's not that bad. It's not whatever, but it's actually bad. Like, for example, gossip, like, oh, it's not like that bad what I said, but it's like, nah, it's still actually quite bad, you know, like, or I don't know, a white lie or something like that you think is so inconsequential, but it's actually a big deal. And it's, you know, like we know in our Islamic tradition that the small but consistent deeds are what's most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know what I mean? So I think for me, that's like what really like, subhanAllah like really blew my mind with this whole process and it's painful like it's but you know alhamdulillah it wasn't imagine if it had like I, like imagine if your teeth were fixed overnight with surgery like it wouldn't even be sustainable they would be loose they would be like you know what I mean like it just wouldn't stick so to have like permanent good solid change it's going to require help it's going to require so figure out what your Invisalign system is what people what acts of worship it is and stick with it, you know, and be consistent. Even if you don't see the results, just trust that the results will come. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Unfortunately, we don't get we don't get all the trays right <laughs> in our life to know what our what, what it's going to look like, but we do know the outcome ultimately what we want, right? So just yeah. ultimately like trusting the process. You know what I mean? Trusting the process. Yeah, absolutely. I think to work on Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very important to remember. Like it's a gradual growth um, or a gradual mm-hmm. change, even. Um, and it just makes me think about how. Uh, results that are are quick to come they're quick to go Um, so yeah so you really really want to focus on slowing it down and understanding that while we are all human we also want to learn for what we have um, incorporated in Ramadan and -hmm. really uh, find the the one or two or a few things that we um, did very well or connected uh, to Allah through very well and remember mm-hmm. to incorporate them in our life post Ramadan. Um, and as you know, like our society and, and our culture, everything is fast, you know, hustle, hustle, yeah. go, go, go. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, if you could speak a little bit to why it's important to slow down, why it's important for yeah. us to make sure it's gradual, make sure it's um, slow so that it can be sustained post boot camp. Okay, I love this question so much because it just ties into one of my favorite things to do, which is the art of reflection, tadabur. Okay, and tadabur is basically the art of reflection. And it's actually something that also started commands us in the Quran. He asks us, like, do you, do you not like, like, you know, reflect on the Quran, you know? He asks you to think. But subhanAllah, you're right. We, we are this hustle culture, like the McDonald's drive-thru, you know? Just quick and easy and that's it. Like, in and out. Like, it's just, there's no time to process. You know what I mean? Like now we're like, I just, we're just in this like kind of like an ADHD induced society where we just can't focus. We're like, boom, boom, boom. Everything's just like TikTok, 15 seconds. Say your point in 15 seconds or I'm not listening. You know? <laughs> 15 minutes or less or I'm gone. <laughs> swipe, swipe, you know what I like? Bro, you, like, did you even see that guy's face? Like, or did you just see a blur? Like, you know what I mean? Like, subhanAllah, we're just, 
we don't even process anything anymore. We've just become like robotic, you know? And I think more importantly than anything, like um, it's so important to understand the why behind why you want this thing and why it's going to require these incremental habits for you to have. Right. I don't think a lot of us know why we want something. You know what I mean? We say we just want it because I guess everybody has it or whatever. Right. But what's your why? Your why is powerful because not every day you're going to be motivated to actually wake up and work and grind on your dream, whatever that is. And it's going to require um, consistent effort. And I think it's also important to note that also expect that there will be bad days. There will be days where you're not going to feel motivated. There's going to be days where you're going to fail. And that's part of the process because failure is feedback. You know what I mean? And I think it's important to talk about that because I think we have this society that we just talk about perfection. You know, we just try for perfection as quickly as possible as, you know, it's kind of like a God complex. Like there's just like this expectation of like only what God could do on a human being, but we can't do what God does. Like God is perfect for a reason. We're not, right? So subhanAllah, like um, I just think like it's really important to ask yourself, why is it so important for me, for example, that you know, I want to lose weight, you know, is it for like physical reasons? Is it for health related reasons? What's your why? Because your why has to be there for you on the days that, you know, you don't feel motivated, I have to pull you through. And I think it's also so important to tie whatever your outcome is to like Dean and like Dean and Donia, you know what I'm saying? So whatever it is that you're trying to do, like, for example, let's say it's like a health goal, you want to lose weight. Okay, maybe it's like, of course, you want to look physically attractive, you want to be healthy, you don't want to have like, you know, type 2 diabetes or whatever but at the same time you're like you know Allah gave me a body and it has a hack on me and mm-hmm. my body's going to speak for me or against me so you can have these dual intentions there too where you could you know what I mean they could coexist together but try to find a way to tie each of your goals even your milestones to like Allah somehow some way to your akhira because mm-hmm. what's the point like you know Allah like everything in our life could be t- could be an ajr. even if you like for example sleep and I think that's important to rest, to pause, to just, like you said, like, you know, pausing and stuff. Your body needs rest. And that's like, it could be an act of worship if you change your intention and just say, yo, Allah, I'm going to rest like those few hours just so that I could wake up and, and worship or I can wake up and go do work so I can get halal income. And now you're getting rewarded for eight hours of sleeping, you know? Angels mm-hmm. be writing out all these ajr for you. I'm like, that's like the easiest way to get ajr. But yeah. the catch 22 is, are we going to remember? Ask for myself first. Because I know so many times, like, you're so tired, you forget your intention, you know? That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I think it's important how you touched up on um, when we're setting our goals or, um, you know, setting our focus um, that we are attaching a spirituality component to it, that it's a form of worship. Um, it's it's a way to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think um, when you think about uh, this motivation, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I would like to assume a lot of people don't have an issue with motivation. Like they know why we should be doing, or we shouldn't be doing something. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, knowing is not the problem, but I think that sustaining that motivation is, um, the hard part. Like we, we all have the motivation to get started, or we could build on the energy of Ramadan that has already mm-hmm. started and keep the momentum going, um, on a smaller scale. But what are what are things that sustain us? Like, what is your recommendation in terms of keeping up with that motivation that we have? It goes back to actually why I actually beg to differ. Sometimes we think we know why we want something. You know, an example for myself is like there was um, a degree that I was pursuing when I was younger and I pursued it. But in my head, I was always looking at it as a milestone to something different, something greater. And I realized that it took me a long time to admit this to myself is that, well, first even to recognize it, but then even once I recognize it, I actually admit it to myself, is that I like the idea of being 
this profession so much more than actually being that. And that was big for me, you know? Um, a lot of the times, for example, like if you come from humble beginnings, you know, you just, you just want to be respected. Maybe you just want to not be broke, you know? But that's not everything. Like our purpose in life is actually to actually connect back to Allah Santada, you know? So everything we pursue, whatever gifts or talents Allah gave us, you know, what are we using to tie it back to Allah Santada? A lot of the times people are doing degrees they don't even want to because their parent gave them four choices. <laughs> Doctor, lawyer, you know, dentist or engineer. Sorry, four. And then the fifth one's like dishonored. Okay. <laughs> like you don't really have a choice, you know? And so sometimes we do things because we think it's the right thing. Sometimes we think, oh, because it pleases my parent, even if I hate it, it's an act of worship. But at this point, like, are you worshiping your parents or are you worshiping Allah? Like, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes you feel demotivated because you're not doing what really f- fulfills you, you know? Why do we have such high rates of depression and anxiety? Because a lot of times we we don't even know what our purpose is and why we're doing what we're doing, right? Um, and so sometimes we think we know what we're doing. And I think that's the biggest, like, illusion, you know? Some of us, alhamdulillah, you know, Allah gave them the basir, gave them the insight. They do know and they know why and everything is good to go. But not everybody has that. Like, for me, for example, it took me a very long time, like, to just really own up to the talents that I have and what Allah gave me, you know, to just, like, can you imagine telling your parents, like, you know, I want to be a storyteller. This <laughs> is like... You know what I mean? I don't first want to be a historian. It'll be like, what does that pay? Gratification? I just feel grat. Like, I don't know. It's just so important. And you, like, the world used to know our history, or they need to know geography, or they need to be like, no, like, right. that doesn't, you know, it becomes such a, like, a money centered thing. And we see that right now. Like, everything is about money. Everything is about what the looks are. It's unrealistic attain- attainability. So I think, really, honestly, like, um, it took small incremental habits to get to this point. It's going to take small incremental habits to reverse engineer all this, you know, to do a system reset. So I think a lot of times we think we're motivated for the right reasons, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes we got to check our intentions. Sometimes you are motivated because you want to be this doctor, you want to be this thing, or, you know, and you have your goal, but how is it tied back to your dean? Did you tie that back to your dean? Do you know why you're doing it from the dean perspective? Because that would have been so much more fulfilling, right? Mm -hmm. And what if you die in the state of actually pursuing that, you would have at least like also thought it writes it for you as if you did it. Like somebody woke up and wanted to go to Fajr and they died on the way to the masjid, it would actually be written as if they did it because their intention was to go there, right? So it's the same thing with whatever it is we're pursuing. It's really important to know why we do what we're doing. Because a lot of times you do something and you feel so unhappy and you're like, why am I so unhappy? I have everything, mm-hmm. you know? And you're told if you're, you're not tying you're just, it to the right thing. You're not tying no, it to the right thing. Said. And just being like introspective, you know, and facing the ugly truth, right? Going into the, into the, in our inner closet and picking out all these skeletons, right? And accepting it. You know, we have this idea that we have to be this perfect thing. So anything outside of that is, you know what I mean? And it's just a form of mismanagement expectation, be it from yourself or from other people um, in your family or society, right? Society says you have to be this, this, and this. Like, for example, society has this unbelievable, expectation on women you have a super mom have be a ceo of your own business bro <laughs> like take all your all your 12 kids to soccer all the time and irritating like <laughs> where's the break you need to be you need to cook clean and look perfect like an instagram so it's model. in canada too it's not just in the u.s <laughs> no no we're suffering it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a western thing we're yeah really, yeah honestly it's crazy and you feel like if you're not that <clears throat> you're basically a failure Right. We just there's basically we have the cancel culture for a reason, right? We have a lot of toxicity and expectation. They're very unrealistic and unattainable. And you feel like we're never gonna attain this thing, right? So you give up sometimes because you feel like all this work is for nothing. But imagine, and this is I'm saying this for myself first, by the way. Imagine if we said, but Allah sees everything. Because mm-hmm. you know, we're a result-oriented society. 
But as Muslims, if we re reverse engineer our mindset and say, this is the Iznillah. I, I could be a doctor, Allah gave me the knowledge. I could do the best that I can to save this person's life, but that's only gonna be with the permission of Allah, mm-hmm. right? Like there's everything you do, we know the result is from Allah's hand. And how beautiful is it to know that Allah actually rewards you not only for your attention, but all the efforts you've exerted. The very thing that people overlook, be it your manager, be it your parents, because they don't see the results, that means you're not good enough. You're bad. Mm-hmm. So it's actually the very little minute, little incremental habits that we try to build for ourselves are the very thing that are dismissed and overlooked by everybody else because they don't see the results fast enough. Like you said, right. the results or into society, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does see. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why see. it's actually in our own best interest to actually connect it back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the process is slow. You have to understand, like, at the end of the day, you're asking Allah for greatness. Greatness is not made overnight. Greatness is not made overnight. I once was told, like, I think Toyota makes, like, 1,500 or 15,000 cars a day, okay? But Rolls-Royce is actually six months production, and it's, like, hand-built and stuff. So you know to get quality, and Allah is mm-hmm. the king of kings. He's the rich. So when he gives you, he's not going to answer with a cheap answer. He's going to give you, a, you know, a king-like solution, a divine solution to, your, to whatever it is that you're, you're seeking. It's going to take time. You're asking for greatness, you know? If you're going to a vacation, you know you're going there. You know you're getting there, but you're preparing yourself for it and you're getting, you're not worried about yeah. whatever is going to come. You know it's going to come, right? If somebody told you, why is your Rolls Royce not there? You would be like, you're a silly goose, bro. Like, so the Rolls Royce, it, it takes, takes time. Yeah. It takes time. Like, you're, you're silly for even asking. Like, what do you think it was? Like, a Toyota? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, whatever your dreams are, you know like, better. Royce, right? You know better. Yeah. Yeah, like, you, so, subhanAllah, when it comes to that, we like, how do you even ask that? But then when it comes to our dreams and our life, it's like, somehow, some way, like, the results aren't there, but we don't understand that we're, our echid is forever. This life is just fleeting, right? Who guaranteed you you'll make it to your destination, right? Yeah. So make sure the process. You have to the enjoy the journey the- too, and make sure the journey is on the right path. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking about like you know, um, the long run, right, and like keeping that mm-hmm. the end goal and, and focus, how does how can doing less or how is doing less more beneficial? Um, okay. When we when we take into account our experience of Ramadan, our experience of doing so much in Ramadan, mm-hmm. that how is how can we go from that to doing less being a, of benefit for us? Right. I think Ramadan's an opportunity to see like what you're actually capable of. Right. The whole year, like I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. Right. But then Ramadan's like you're making time. So it's really about what are you really prioritizing? Because what's important to you, you prioritize. This is facts. So whatever is your priority, ask yourself, like, whatever is, like, your go-to number one thing that you've prioritized that over, is it over Allah, over yourself, over your self-care, over whatever, right? You have to ask yourself these questions. Now, how do you go about doing it, right? So, like, I have a metaphor, right? So I used to do sales, right? I used to be in, like, retail, like, electronics. And um, actually, you guys call it Radio Shack. We used, we used to be called Radio Shack. It's called something different now. It's called The Source. But anyways... We actually get, so this is very interesting. So in management, you're, you're taught like how to manage these like massive goals. Okay. So head office will send these yearly big fat goals. Okay. Like, and each year it gets incrementally higher than the last year. So say for example, the store made a million last year. It should make more than a million, but I'm just saying like just for whatever reason, let's say it made a million dollars. 
next year be let's say a million like 1.2 mil you know okay It'll go up a little bit because the idea is you hit that goal now you can do better like your your your, your potential is being tested to get better right so basically let's say the like head office sends you a big goal they give you the yearly goal the job as a manager is to break that like not only is it a manager it's actually from like you have your district manager your regional manager so they have all these goals that they pass down to all these management right and basically they break it down to 12 months and then and then uh you got your quarterly right so like what you're going to hit in the quarter and they do it according to the season too because you know sometimes of the year like for example january it's right after boxing day right after christmas like there's nothing in the shelves. Okay, what can we do? Sell a bag of dust? You know I me? Mean? You can't even sell if you wanted to, you know. And so you know you're not gonna. It's gonna be a lot of refunds. You know what I mean? You're trying to save a lot of the sales. And you're like, setting so, the expectations. Exactly. So you're, you know you're just certain expectations. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in those months, they'll try to throw some like incentives, like uh, like a special day or whatever, just to kind of get those numbers up a little bit. But we know for sure, like August, July ish, but mostly August. For us, because school, school starts in September, but for you guys, August is probably July for you guys. But basically, August to December is our hot season. Like those are when the numbers that are divided for the year are probably the highest at that time because we have school, we have Thanksgiving. It's just back to back holidays. Halloween, then you have I don't know uh, what's it called Black Friday, right? And then we have November. You know what I mean? You have all these things happening. Um, Boxing this up, all these big holidays in between, and even in between, you have some some of your lulls. A lot of people are shopping and spending money at that time. So you know that time of the year, you're going to have more, more of a, like, more production than you would probably some other parts of the year. But the concept is this. A big goal gets broken down into 12 months, and then it gets broken down to monthly, right? So, for example, management, our managers would get the goals from their district who got it from their regional. Because So when we look at our own store, we're a bunch, maybe we're like, there's probably 10 stores in the city. Right. And each of these stores have to hit a specific goal to help meet the district goal, which might be outside of the city, it could be other cities as well. And then you have regions, which could be multiple provinces. In your case, it would be multiple states. So it, it, it all builds ultimately to this head office national goal. Right. And so our, our job as management, um, we break down the monthly goals we are given and then we break it down according to our team. So who's new? Obviously, they might not produce. They still need to learn. Who are our A-list sellers? Who are the ones that are kind of decent? So based off of their numbers, what are the quotas we give them to hit? And the concept is that once you hit those quotas, it doesn't mean that you just chill. No, you still have to help the store hit its quota. You know, and if you're that good, then you help, you know, now the store hit its quota. You can help the other stores hit their quota so that we can hit district. Because if you hit district, we can hit. And why is that the incentive? Because the incentive is, first of all, it's commission on top of your base salary but or your hourly or whatever so it's incentive for you to do always good but then for your for your management they don't get commission they get like bonuses so if they hit they need those numbers to be hit because they need to get a bonus otherwise they just get their base management salary so they want to hit those bonuses and they like could get even more bonuses if they hit even more than what their goals is so it's in everyone's best interest everyone is winning basically so where am i going with this it's really important, like, as we start from an individualistic perspective, what are your own personal goals? What are your spiritual goals? What are your health goals? What are your career goals? And you have to have a balance. And it's, it's overwhelming to hit all those goals all at once, all the time. And it's big. It's just, it would even be too much for you to process. So understand, so like, what are my goals for this? What are my goals for that? This big goal, that might take a year, that might take a year and a half. Whatever goal it takes work your way backwards and ask yourself, okay, what milestones am I going to take to get to this point? 
and again, when you connect it back to Allah SWT, you're getting that, you're just racking up the Azure savings account, right? Like your commission is your Azure, right? You're just like bang, bang, bang. So in your house, let's say you have a family, parents should have a, dishes and house duty shouldn't be all the on the girl and the guy just chilling, popping popcorn. <laughs> I'm a guy, I, I come with privileges here. No, like you're <laughs> that was on the clean too, you know? I'm just saying. So he didn't want to be a burden, you know, like on his wife. So the concept is imagine if everybody, like you have a family goal, right? But taking into effect that, okay, this is their duty. This is their quarter that they're going to hit for their family. What are the family goals for the year? How are you breaking it down for the month? You know, and then also factoring in everyone's own individualistic goals. Is it building ultimately to this big ultimate goal for family? Maybe the goal as a family is to eat together, to pray together. These are things that should be, it's nice to do together. Maybe you have a quarter for that because sometimes you have your kids, they have to study. Maybe the time you have dinner, you know, they have an exam or a lab or whatever, but maybe make it a goal, like whatever goal is, because you're trying to build, what is your purpose behind the family to build more cohesion? What is it? More family time or whatever, you know, but also the own personal, personal goals. And then once you hit your goals as a person and as a family, ask yourself as a family, what goals am I hitting in the Muslim community, my own Muslim community? Are we taking care of the masjid? Um, did we check on, on our single moms? Did we check in on, you know, those who are underprivileged, maybe under the poverty line? Did we check on, you know, whatever, you know, did, what, what did, and then from there, ask yourself, what have we done as a Muslim community to contribute to the non-Muslim society that we are in? You know, have we gone to the homeless shelter? Have we gone to the soup kitchen? Have we, you know what I mean? What have we done to do our dawah, right? And then ultimately behind that, you look at yourself, ultimately just, it keeps going bigger, ultimately until you go to the whole ummah, right? The Islamic ummah. And it all starts with what? One little habit with yourself, right? You're just hitting all these quotas that build up to this big quota in the end. Because at the end of the day, Prophet said that we are like a body. So if one body is, in her, is hurting, we should all be feeling that pain. Fortunately, mm -hmm. a lot of us are just like, all right, my toe clearly is busted, which is like Palestine, <laughs> let's just say. And you're like, I'm not trying yeah. to see no negativity. I'm just going to protect my positive vibe, energy. I yeah, don't we're good at no ignoring. We're good we're at ignoring. ignoring. At a sight, at a mind. Yeah. yeah, other people got it worse and just whatever. And like, that's not really our job. You're numbing yourself from feeling empathy. And to lose empathy is losing the capacity to be human. You know, what's the point of having everything when you can't feel anything? You know what I mean? To buy a house, but doesn't mean you'll have a home. You can buy a bed, but doesn't mean you'll buy sleep, right? You can have health insurance, doesn't mean you'll have your health, right? Mm -hmm. um, this one guy said, I don't remember who he was, it was on Instagram. But anyways, um, it hit deep because it's true. Like you can buy insurance, but doesn't mean you get safety. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how it hits you deep. You're like, so like, who's to say that you're not going to be tested one day? Where's your empathy? You're going to be asked about it. You have so much responsibilities as a Muslim. And Allah knows, like, you can only do to the best of your capacity. And some months, you're going to have really good seasons. And some months, you're not, you know? And that's all part of it because you can never be perfect. But everything, mm -hmm. your good seasons and bad, you know, as it, like the ajib amr al-mu'min, if there's something that's good, it's good. But if something that's bad, it's also good. Because even in the bad, there is something that's khay, you know? Allah says, right. sometimes it could be just like something, but it's really good for you, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just an opportunity to reflect. I would say the biggest thing about building habits is to really know yourself and to really know your creator. Because the worst thing is losing confidence in God and losing confidence in yourself. Like, mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. the worst thing ever. Because you can't do what you do without Allah. I mean, he gave you your faculties, your hands, your eyes, your, you know, everything is from Allah Taala. So any result is going to be from him too, you know? Yeah. So you know, he's right next to you, but with a lot of times we just ignore him. 
he's moving mountains and the world for us every single day. You know, like how? Simple as just a salad. Like what if your avocado came from Mexico? He made sure there was humans that were built, that were farmers, that were all in Mexico just to have the people have the licenses to know how to drive an airplane or thing a ship or whatever it is. Like just to bring you that avocado, but we don't think about it like that. But he literally yeah. brought the world for you every single day. You know, he even let people have the knowledge to know how to build a plane, a metal bird basically, right? And so subhanAllah, like how far he would go, just, you know what I mean? Electronics, who gave him the knowledge? Just, you know what I mean? Just right now, you and me having this conversation. Yeah, everything is by the power of God. Yeah. You know, they plan a phone so we can have a conversation, but Allah planned it maybe so we can have this conversation. You know what I mean? To bring this out. You know what I mean? Like, like you plan, Allah plans, but we always ignore him. He's there moving everything for us. And we just, imagine if you were there doing everything for somebody and they don't just ignore you. Like, how ungrateful is this person? You're like, what? You know what I mean? But subhanAllah, we do that every day with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so if we, if we connected our actions with Allah, knowing that Allah is seeing it, it automatically validates and makes us feel seen. And as humans, that's the biggest thing we want to do is feel seen and validated. You get it automatically, instantly from Allah. And you know Allah's with you and he's helping you through these every incremental step, you know? Yeah, it's a so. reminder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is present that in everything that we do. Um, and, yeah. and as you mentioned, like um, we have high seasons and we have low seasons, you know, like Ramadan yeah. is a very high season for us where we're able and capable of doing so much in that time frame. Um, and there's going to be some low seasons after that, but kind of like you were saying that um, we got to be consistent um, in our focus and and trying to uh, remember that we, everything that we do, we should attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, and that everything is accomplished with his blessings and his mercy. Uh, so you have um, two different ways that we could uh, listen to you more or hear from you more online, right? You have an Instagram mm -hmm. and a YouTube channel. I do. And I have my Facebook too, but it's just my personal one. I don't like, I have a page, but I'm not really using it. I know I should, but like I said, probably one person show right now is how to build. It's okay. I have uh, I have the, the poll yeah. of social media poll every day. I have this con discussion with my own right. head. I've been off of social media for probably like four years now, maybe coming up on five, <laughs> impressive. Impressive. but every day, uh, no joke. Every day I'm like, I should probably just get back on because there's so much happening there that I could probably be of benefit to. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure, you know, it's hard to keep up. I could barely check my text messages. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, Instagram and YouTube are probably my most, I would say active. Yeah. Okay. So on Instagram, mm -hmm. it's, um, L A D I E S H A Y 91. So lady yeah. Shay, right? 91. And then on mm -hmm. YouTube channel, they could find you, um, under Shay Matt S H A I M A A. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Right. That's great to know. That's great to know. I want to remind our listeners and our viewers that um, we really um, value our, our guests that we bring onto the show. And we really want to highlight um, their work and their efforts to, to continue the connections, inshallah, and to continue Thank their you. growth habits. Um, Shema, it's such a pleasure to have you. Any final thoughts before we close? Honestly, I'm just humbled and honored that, you know, you guys invited me. And it just reminds me of my journey just when I started six months ago. And it was just little incremental steps, right? Look what happens in six months, right? I never thought today would be a day where I would be hit up to, to do a conversation with you, honestly. But you plan all of <laughs> right? But that's what that's what it is, right? Small, you don't. I didn't plan this, <laughs> you know. Allah did, you know. So sometimes you plan your habits, but maybe Allah will redirect you. We always say that in storytelling. Like I'll tell my girls, like intuitive writing is really important because sometimes you can plan out the plot, but Allah might inspire something in you while you're writing. And it's like the sickest process. It's something even better than you imagine, but it still hits your goal of writing a book, right? But even better. So just trust your, just trust the pot with Allah throws your way.
they're there yeah. for a reason mm-hmm. yeah trust the path and and rely on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep turning the page you know the story gets yeah. better <laughs> That's uh, uh, noted and very well said. Uh, we appreciated having you, uh, Shema, and we look forward to future sessions together. To our listeners and viewers, thank you for um, being here with us today. Assalamu uh, alaikum rahmatullah from the Remastered Podcast. We'd like to take a moment to thank our Ramadan partner, Islamic Relief. Islamic Relief USA provides relief and development in a dignified manner, regardless of gender, race, or religion, and works to empower individuals in their communities and give them a voice in the world. Islamic Relief USA is honored to be partnering with Mass National for programs benefiting our brothers and sisters here and around the world. We thank you for answering the call. Islamic Relief USA orphan projects and programs go beyond immediate aid by providing opportunities for education, livelihoods, and family stability. Be part of the change by visiting irusa.org forward slash mass 75 orphans.